Yeah. Okay. I've never done the recording on Zoom before, so this should be fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yay. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited. You're my very first one. I'm just like, yes. I am truly honored to be the first guest. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was like making guest lists. I was like, who do you want first? And I was like, I want Alex. <laughs> There's that's, no one better to have a first a, conversation with. That's that's the first time I've ever been picked in any picked first in anything. So thanks. I'm glad. So uh, in a brief statement, uh, what do you do at your job and what is your typical day like if there is one? <laughs> okay, good. Um, so I'm the audience editor of Capital News Service and a lecturer at the University of Maryland, Philip Merrill College of Journalism. So that means a few things. Um, so Capital News Service is the college's nonprofit, student-staffed, and faculty-led news organization. Um, bureaus in Washington, Baltimore, College Park, Annapolis covers state news and um, things of interest to the citizens of Maryland. And I run the audience team of Capital News Service. And the audience team is responsible for, um, I like to think of it as digital publishing uh, for CNS. So audience team is responsible for making sure that uh, the website is produced, that it, that's best search practices are used in articles. Um, the audience team manages social media accounts tied to CNS. The audience team um, monitors and analyzes and does reports on um, digital user metrics um, and tries to um, apply audience-focused thinking to the journalism that CNS is producing. So that's like, that's like half of my job. And then the other half um, is I teach uh, other courses. CNS is a course. Um, but it's more like a job internship. Um, and I also teach other courses on digital publishing at the college. So I teach a course on um, social media content creation, audience engagement, and analytics. Um, and I also teach uh, interactive design and development, which is um, like learning to, to code for storytelling purposes. Um, basic graphic design, basic HTML and CSS, um, things like that. I think, that's, I think that's all. Yeah. 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 That just sort of sums it up. Okay. <laughs> so, what specific skills did you gain from your time at Maryland? You graduated from master's degree with like 2011, I want to say. And then you graduate. So, you immediately, so you graduated your undergrad at UMBC with an English degree. Right. Really interesting. And that was 20, 2009. And you immediately went into your master's at Maryland. So, what Skills. Do you think like specific skills you like gained um, to help you transition into like adult world? <laughs> okay, so um, like going back to college, um, I was I started working as a sports writer while I was in college. Um, I worked for a couple of different places. I spent a year interning for the Baltimore Sun, and then I'm an internship and a long-term freelance gig at the Wilmington Delaware News Journal. Um, but I was really just uh, a writer and reporter. Um, 
when I finished my undergrad, uh, it was in the midst of the Great Recession in the United States. Job market was not great. Um, I had sort of had my eye on potentially going to graduate school, um, and I decided to go to Maryland, specifically the Merrill College, because um, I realized uh, in a poor job market that I needed to find some way to differentiate myself from the other people looking for jobs. So I was a pretty good writer. Um, I was a pretty good reporter. Um, and I was interested in sports, um, but I didn't. So th this is funny coming from the audience editor, but I went through college without having a Facebook account, right? I, I, didn't, I didn't get one until I went to graduate school. Um, so I went to graduate school and I learned about social media, which, it, which then was um, nothing like it is now. Uh, it was sort of just being used uh, by journalists to share stories and understand the audience a little bit. So I learned about social media. I learned about interactive design. I, I learned, I had done a little bit of coding when I was a kid, like very early HTML, like in the 90s. Um, but I hadn't done it in a long time and I learned a lot more complex coding at Merrill. And I also, I wanted to learn more about visuals. Um, I've always thought that I had like a, uh, like a good eye for things, but I didn't really know how to compose a photograph. I certainly didn't know how to use a camera um, in a professional way. Uh, and I, I certainly didn't know how to take good video, definitely didn't know how to take good audio, um, and, then, uh, and then edit video to create something that was actually publishable. So I felt like my goal in coming to Merrill was to, um, to learn some of those skills, just to make myself a little bit more versatile in the job market. Uh, and I, I think it worked out. Yay. So what were your like biggest career takeaways when you like became an adult? <laughs> well, let, let, let's be clear about one thing. I still don't really think of myself as an adult. Um, and my, my, maybe it runs my family or maybe it's just a human condition, but you know, my father is 65 and he still doesn't think of himself as an adult. So <laughs> I don't know what that says about my family. Um, but okay, I, I'll, I'll concede that maybe I am sort of within adulthood. Um, I think versatility has served me well. I think it is important to be flexible and to know how to do more than one thing. I had a, a mentor, a journalism mentor who used to say, um, he used to say, journalist, or you're kind of like a generalist. Um, you know about a lot of different stuff. You know, maybe, maybe you don't know it to the depth that an expert in that area is, but you know, about, you know enough about a lot of different things that you can, you can dive in deeper um, and sort of start with a base understanding. Uh, and I think, that's, I think that's what I became in my career. I, you know, I mentioned that I was interested in sports and I you know, been doing sports writing, but you know, I transitioned pretty quickly into politics and government and public policy um, and did a lot of reporting in that area, then went back to sports and then went back to politics. Um, and in between, I had done business and just, you know, basic community reporting. Um, and I, you know, it's, I enjoyed all of it. Um, because I was always learning something new. Um, 
and I was, you know, grateful for the opportunity to work. Um, you know, but as I matured in my career, I was like, yeah, well, I, I would really like to, to stick with politics. That's what I'm, that's what I'm really interested in. I'm interested in politics and government and elections and public policy and, and things like that. So you sort of learn that as you go. Um, but uh, I have tremendous respect for every beat in the newsroom because I pretty much did every beat in the newsroom for some period of time and they're all important. They're all special. Um, they're all fun in their own ways. Um, and they're all important in their own ways. You know, a lot of people like to um, talk down about sports departments. Yeah, I feel like you don't hear this as much as you used to, but they used to be called the toy department. Which I thought was, yeah, just like, isn't that just like horribly offensive? <laughs> wow, but, um, I never knew that. But the power of sports to unite people um, and the ability to use sports to tell important stories um, is just almost limitless sometimes. Um, you know, the story of Colin Kaepernick is just, is just one example. It's just like one recent ex example of why sports is important. I mean, that started as a sports story and it's, it's gotten bigger, but it's, it's only as big as it is because it is sports. So there's important stories um, in sports as well, especially when we like, think beyond box scores and results, which are also important, by the way, because people care about that stuff. Um, what you're, if, I'm if, I'm, if I'm interested in audience-focused journalism, which I am, I'm interested in what my audiences passionate about. Um, and there's not many things that audiences are passionate, as passionate about as the local sports team. Um, maybe national politics, but I'm not sure that was the case 15 years ago when I, when I started. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was. Maybe, maybe I was just disengaged because I was yeah. Yeah. On, a, on a sports field somewhere. <laughs> Times definitely change. So what how did you end up where you are today? Because you jumped around a lot. I looked at your LinkedIn. I was like, man, this guy did everything. And like, yeah. what made you come back to Merrill? And how did it feel to come back? Because like, I think it's really funny that you were once a CNS student yourself, and then now you're like the audience editor. I think that's just, I think that's just so funny. So I'll I'll answer your question, but first I'll just I'll just say this is one of the like coolest, greatest honors of my life to be back at Merrill. Um, and one piece of that is um, not only was I once a CNS student, but I was once a CNS student in the College Park newsroom in Knight Hall, <clears throat> working under um, Chris Harvey, uh, Love Merrill, College, Merrill College lecturer, who was at the time the director of the uh, I guess we called it the Digital Bureau or the Online Bureau of CNS back then. Um, and when I became the audience editor of CNS as a faculty member, uh, I went up to my first day running that bureau and took my place at Chris's desk. Um, what, what had been her desk when I was a teacher, uh, a student. And I just remember thinking, you know, when I was her student, that, that is just so far <laughs> from, from where I am to where this incredibly 
intelligent and inspirational and talented journalist is, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> and now I'm, I get to literally sit at her desk and work with her and, and other phenomenal faculty members every single day. So it's like, it's like the honor of my life to, to, be, to be back teaching where I graduated from. Um, but I, I came back here actually pretty quickly. I, um, I went, I worked full-time in journalism for a while, but I, um, within a year of finishing my master's program, I came back and started teaching um, part-time as an adjunct. And I did that for uh, seven or eight years, I guess. Does that sound right? Um, and um, that was so cool. It was, it was just like fun to drive back to the building and park in the lot and walk into Knight Hall and you know, see all the TVs on the wall and go up the grand staircase and teach on the second floor or teach in the MBDC Hall of Fame. It's just like such a cool special place. Um, and I think sort of as I, as I kept going, um, like worked in multiple different newsrooms, multiple different news organizations, the one thing that was constant was I was teaching part-time at Merrill. Um, and it was, it was always like a three hour class at the end of the day, seven to 9.45 PM, which I know are students' favorite time for class. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> but I was a working, full-time working journalist. I didn't have a choice. Um, um, but it was like, it, was, it took a long time to get down to the campus every single day. And then, you know, I was driving home at 10 o'clock every night and, you know, struggling to find parking in the city in Baltimore. And, you know, it was still every single week the highlight of my week. I just remember thinking that this is the, my favorite thing that I do. This is so much fun. It energizes me in ways that other aspects of my work didn't. And I loved, I loved working in the newsrooms where I worked. I worked with phenomenally intelligent people, some of whom are, you know, my last stop was the Baltimore Sun. Many phenomenal people are still there doing great work. The Sun just won a Pulitzer Prize this year. Um, and, you know, a lot of the reporters that I worked with there and editors that I've worked with there have in the past year or two gone on to the LA Times, the New York Times, the Washington Post, um, the biggest, most prestigious news organizations in the country. So like I worked with really great people there. But I think what I loved most about working in newsrooms was when I had the opportunity to learn from a more experienced journalist whether it be an editor or a reporter or somebody else, or when I was able to help a less experienced journalist or even a more experienced journalist make a story better. Um, and when I was an editor, I felt like I had the opportunity, um, at least occasionally, <laughs> to, to help a reporter make a story better. And that was just a great, it was a great feeling. Um, and as time went on, I just thought, you know, this is the kind of thing you could do every single day as the member of a journalism faculty. as like a full-time member of a journalism faculty. So I sort of, I started to think maybe I'd like to do this, this full-time at some point. And then a job opened up at Merrill um, that would uh, make it a little bit easier for me to teach here. Um, I worked in the college's communications office for a couple of years and taught and um, really started to understand better how the college works and how its curriculum works. Um, you know, 
got to play a role in um, in working on the proposal for the Howard Center for Investigative Journalism, and just enjoyed becoming more involved and spending more time with students and being able to teach more. And when the uh, when a full time faculty position opened, I applied. And uh, gosh, it's like a dream come true. That's so sweet, so cute. Like I'm, I just I love Maryland. What it's all about, and I'm so glad you're my professor. Like I don't think I would enjoy my experience more if you weren't my professor. There's there's lots of great. There's <laughs> this is a tremendous faculty. I think maybe maybe everyone says this at every college. Maybe they just say it to be political, but I'm just like stunned. I, I I've never. I, I think I'm I'm very happy to say that I've worked very few places. I've worked nowhere <laughs> where I was ever the smartest person in the room. Um, and that is so true at Merrill. And that is, I'd say exactly what you want, I think, if you're a person who's dedicated to lifelong learning, which I, I hope all academics are. Um, and I hope that many students um, at Merrill and who leave Merrill are, and journalists especially are, we should be dedicated to lifelong learning. Um, but like, what what better, uh, circumstance could you imagine than working on a diverse faculty of really, really smart people <laughs> who, who are also like super kind and helpful, by the way, which, you know, is sometimes in rare supply in the professional world. Definitely. Everyone's super awesome. They're all, everyone's so sweet and kind. I'm very grateful I came to Maryland and studied in Merrill. Well, the um, students are so incredibly smart too. You all are so smart and you work so hard and you're in this category. I mean, you're doing this podcast with your spare time. Um, you know, I, 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 I might you know, take a nap with my spare time. So you're, you're, you all just, you may come into work a whole heck of a lot of fun. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh. Um, all right, so last question okay. is, what advice do you have for current students um, who are interested in your past roles or your current role? What, what can you give them? Um, so I talked about versatility and mm -hmm. I do think that's important. I do think it's important to be, to have a number of skills, to be able to do a lot of different things um, because that's what a lot of newsrooms need someone who can do just more than one thing. But what I didn't say earlier that I'll say now is have, have a skill that is like your signature skill. This is the thing that I do. It's good to have multiple, right? We want to have, we have, when I understand, and I, I think the, I hope the, that students see the Merrill curriculum is giving that, them that opportunity to, to pick up all of these skills, but also be able to specialize in something. I, I'll, I'll tell a story um, about why this is important. I, um, one of my first interviews leaving Merrill was at a large national news organization. And I went in and I was one of the last few people who were being considered for this job. And I met with the editor who was doing the hiring. And I said, well, I, you know, I can write, I can edit, I can take photos, I can edit those photos, I can produce a website, I can even create a website. Look, I know HTML and CSS, and I'm like going on and like explaining all the skills that I have that she could have just read off of my resume, right? And she says, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. 
what do you want to do? And I was like, uh, <laughs> and you know, the answer was I wanted to be a writer and an editor, right? Like that's, that's what I wanted to do. Like I had all these other skills and I liked all of those other things, but I always still to this day, I think of myself as a writer and an editor. Um, and that like the form that takes has changed over the years. Uh, but I didn't have an answer to that. And I didn't get that job. Now they, they called me like four weeks later and offered me a different job. But at that point it, I had already taken another one and, um, didn't want to back out on that deal. So I didn't totally blow it, but I kind of blew it. Right. Cause otherwise I would have, I would have gotten the first job that I applied for. So don't make that mistake. Like, <laughs> sure that, like learn all these skills, you know, keep them in your, your toolbox or your tool belt or your backpack or whatever analogy you want to use, but know what you want to do and have one skill that it's like your skill. Like this is, this is the thing that like, yeah, I can do all these things, but this is the thing that I, I'm really good at. This is the thing that I would really want to do. doesn't mean you're going to get hired to do that thing full time, but it does mean that, you know, they at least know that you have direction, you know, especially when you're first starting out, you're being hired maybe for more of a generalist kind of position. I, I hired and saw people hired um, in news organizations many times who started at one level, um, but said, you know, I really want to, I really want to report. I really want to, um, uh, I really want to take photos. Um, and the three people that are in my mind right now, as I tell that story, all of them are doing exactly what they said they wanted to do when they got the job that wasn't doing that thing, right? Because they had other skills, because they could be effective in other ways, and then they were there. And when those opportunities came, they grabbed them. Um, yeah. That's just a good thing to know. Yeah, we all start somewhere and we all end up another place probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hope I hope we do, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank you, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate this. I'm so excited to launch this, and I'm so happy you're my very first guest for the new podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck with this, and I will be listening. I'm looking forward to it. Yay!